Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the C-Event Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Before we get to today's topic, read more about today's episode on the C-Event blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And we love hearing from you, so please email us at podcast at cvent.com. Yeah, and today's episode is focused on bringing a more people-centric approach to your events marketing. We were joined in studio today by Zoe Fernandez and Jackie Sass from Merkel, and they're leading members of the team who make incredible and memorable events, such as Merkel's annual executive summit. We were thrilled to have them on the show. And part of their mission, Cody, is changing the perception of women in the industry and really elevating events from one of logistical and administrative support to really being considered centers of excellence. They actually refer to themselves as event marketers, not just event planners. I love that. So, all right, let's get into our conversation with Zoe and Jackie. Hello, Zoe and Jackie. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. Very yeah, well. doing great. Thank you. I just want to jump right in and just learn a little bit more about you. How did you both get into the events industry? Zoe, you've got a longer story than I do. You want to, you started before me. Why don't you go first? (laughs) Yeah. So I actually started way back in um, college. Um, I had a a year exchange program at the School of Communications at the University of Miami in Florida. And that's really where my interest started in the events marketing and communications industry. Um, After college, I um, did an additional um, diploma in communications, and then I landed in a paid internship with BEP Chemicals, which was not what I expected, and started to learn how to um, run events and do um, communications. And then I joined a company called Metla Toledo, which I was lucky enough to be with for 13 years, and they um, I started off as a marketing coordinator and, and learned all about different aspects of marketing on the job, which was great. And then they transferred me to the U.S. Um, and I started off in a, as an events coordinator there and worked up through um, the marketing department and then joined um, Merkel in 2014 as an associate um, events uh, manager. And now um, I'm the director of events marketing. Zoe's got a cool story. Oh, coming overseas. It's, it's much better than mine. I stayed in the U.S., but um, I started out of college working at a little retailer some people know of called Nordstrom. And I, uh, so I did in-store displays. We did um, the window displays. And what also fell under our purview was in-store events. And so that was kind of my first introduction to events. And so I really enjoyed being able to participate and and manage those in-store events at the store that I um, was based out of. And so I wanted to try and take my career into more of a corporate direction and maybe have some more opportunity within the event space. So from there, I uh, put my feelers out and ended up at Merkle, which is where I am now. Um, I've been here for 12 years. And I am now the director of events and recently also taking on internal communications. Um, so just doing more and more every day, but it's been, it's been kind of a fun run so far. It's sort of typical, right? For the events planning marketers, we all wear so many hats, right? Yeah. What do you, what do your families think you do? Are you party planners? <laughs> well, I think initially, 
actually a lot of people think when um, you say that you work in events that they automatically go to that uh, party planner realm but Jackie and I are both quick to correct people on that we are definitely event marketers um, we do mm -hmm. a lot more than party planning in fact we don't plan parties <laughs> we, we actually hire people to plan the parties yes <laughs> exactly I always just think it's so funny I'm pretty sure my dad thinks I'm still a party planner but it's always a yeah, fun party stop, planner, right? meeting planner that's another word that's like nails on a chalkboard it's a personal vendetta to yes. move away from those terms and into event marketers because that's really what we do. Yes, it's a lot. It it's a lot more. Better. Yes, and it's a lot more strategic thinking and working with, um, you know, colleagues in the marketing department, in the sales teams, do um, different leadership, executive teams. So we really are more than the party planner, <laughs> the, the, the and the party planner realm. It's definitely, um, as Jackie says, we're definitely event marketers, and that's something for both Jackie and I feel um, is very important to um, educate people on because I think. A lot of people just don't understand what actually um, is involved in event marketing or event marketing strategy. So um, that's definitely one of our pet peeves when people call yeah. us party planners. Yeah. But Brooke, yes, my family thinks I'm a party planner. They also think I can plan our family weddings. I was going to say, yeah. They are shocked to hear that people want us to come speak at industry conferences because mm -hmm. there's a conference for conference planners. Like it's, it's just, it's like a mind-blowing experience for them. So wait till we tell them we were on a podcast. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Almost famous, right? Right. Yes. And that's really the thing, right? Like the, there's so much that goes into event marketing that I think we're not only educating our families these days, but even the events industry itself, you know, there this is a, a role that doesn't necessarily exist everywhere. So do you guys mind telling us a little bit more about what the event marketing role means to you? So for me, um, event marketing really means being the face of the company, right? So for us, because we are a B2B agency, a lot of our clients and a lot of the people who attend our events are our clients, are, you know, the brands that Merkle is marketing to and trying to sell their services into. So for us, being an event marketer or a member of the events team is really being the face of Merkle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. It definitely is being um, the face. I think we are, when somebody um, attends an event that we host, um, we are definitely the, f the front line. Um, we interact with um, our clients and our guests and our attendees. Um, so for us, we really are the face of the marketing department and the face of Merkel or um, which is the company we work for now, but the face of any company that we would um, be, be working for. I think it's very important role that, um, and that aspect, some people um, don't really really think about when you, whatever um, you're working on or what what event that you're strategizing, you are the you know the first point of call. Not only that, but I think the organization, whether or not they realize it, the expect realize it, the expectation is that. We're experts in everything that Merkle does, right? So yes. when we market an event, the email, you know, really needs to be within best practices because our clients are looking at our event emails as an example of the type of work that Merkle can do for them. Or when, 
you know, and so on and so forth. So it's a position that, that wields a lot of responsibility. And I just don't know that everyone really appreciates that. I think some do, but it's a yeah. big job. And it's the same when it comes to, um, you know, the agenda and the content that's being curated or presented. Um, we have to have a knowledge um, across the board of what a specific event is focused on, what the who the event is being tailored to, and to ensure that that content is curated uh, specifically for them. Well, you mentioned earlier um, how important strategy is as an event marketer. You know, what are some of the strategies that you use to make events more individualized? We do a lot around our email campaigns. So a lot of segmentation, a lot of different, different versions of our invitations so that they are more targeted towards the group of people that are receiving the invitation. So are you an IT professional? Are you an IT professional who participated in one of our webinars? And so we know that this specific piece of content, this specific track within the event would be of interest to you. Um, and what do we know about what that might mean for you? So we try to weave that into some of our email campaigns. We try to provide our sales and our client organizations with a lot of tools to be able to communicate with their prospects and with their clients um, around the event. So that way they can have those individualized conversations. Um, what else, Zoe? What am I Yeah, not? we... We also do, um, you know, we've worked very hard um, on creating reporting tools as well. So our client and sales organizations can um, easily see who has engaged with content, who is not engaged with content, what additional um, assets they've, you know, either clicked on or they've, um, you know, requested um, so that we can um, easily show them who they need to be focused on and uh, what information they need to be sending or communicating to them as well and also um, in addition to the emails you know our social content um, we we segment and tailor as well so we have different versions of content that we use throughout our social platforms we change it up a lot so you know if we we see things um, are, be, um, are not working well um, we'll we'll change the focus there um, so yeah we do a lot of we do a lot of um, delving into um, how how our customers, whether it's clients or prospects, are interacting with us so that we can do a lot, uh, change up the content or, to, or tweak things where necessary to enable the, the best ROI we can get. What I was going to mention is, you know, in the in your day to day lives, we're getting so much personal content now, right? Like you guys have been in the events industry for a while now. Have you seen this personalization become more important as the years and the technology in our everyday lives improve? Oh yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> everyone knows, and our and and our target audience specifically, because generally they are marketers themselves. Everyone knows how much data is available. So everyone's expectations for how you're using that data is just amplified. So if we are not personalizing, then we're already, you know, we've already missed a step out the door. Definitely. And I think, you know, everybody's about um, the individual now. It's, you know, because you have this so much data on hand, so, so much information about a person, it's so easy to be able to tailor a message or content or outreach um, to that individual. So by not doing that, it's um, detrimental to what we're doing. It'd be like asking somebody what their dietary um, preferences or needs are and then just giving them all a steak. 
<laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. That would be bad. That's a good point, Brooke. Like, do you guys have some examples of events that really benefited from like a more personalized approach? Yeah, we have. So our events are broken up into a number of different buckets, and it's kind of a way that we think about them and a way that we approach them. But the bucket that I think really has benefited the most would be our hosted events. Yeah. So um, we host a number of events throughout the year. I mean, we'll take you through all of them. But one of our biggest events that we do and our biggest investments for the year is our um, our client summit. And we've actually recently taken that a globe to be a global event. So there's now one that happens in EMEA. Um, we have our Americas one, which is our longest running one. And we're so lucky to have Zoe who actually runs that event here. So <laughs> Zoe, I'm going to, I'll let you take it from here. Yeah, so we've, and like Jackie says, I mean, this is our longest running event. We're going into our 17th year. So we've had a lot of experience, um, you know, over the, the years we've been doing this. And each year we, we learn new, new things, new tools. Um, so we have, um, you know, we create assets that have specific content called out. Um, so we can uh, market to different groups of our database. We also look at the click rates and open rates on, on different p emails that we send out. So whether it's just a standalone event invite, if we weave the event information and content into other emails we're sending out so that we can see what, what, um, gains the most um, interest um, and the most engagement. And we also um, ask questions. We tailor our registration form. So we've started um, asking questions about which areas of the organization they um, are responsible for. So whether it's technology or whether it's social or whether it's um, media. So that as we're getting that information in, and they register, we can then tailor our retention emails to be able to provide them with additional um, content that they might want to look at or engage with um, pre-event. And then coming out of the event, we have all this information about what industry they work in, which breakout sessions they've attended, um, who they've interacted with from our um, sponsors side. So we know a lot of information about them. So we can then follow up with them um, with specific information or content or outreach that is tailored to their, to their needs. So we really do look after, as it were, our, our, our attendees, both pre-event and um, post-event as well. And also, because we get all this information, we're able to, you know, enhance our, our database with that information to be able to then run um, additional event campaigns um, that are targeted to specific audiences as well. Um, so it's definitely getting to that personalized and individual level, which is definitely key for us. And it also shows our customers uh, or clients that, w that we're experts in this field as well. And I really like that approach of, you know, what their interests are or what, you know, kind of persona or who this person is or what vertical they might work in. And you give them content ahead of the event. It's almost like extending the experience to a full year rather than just the few days where they're at the event itself. Yeah. And we actually, so we have our annual summit, which is in Q2. And then for each of the different industries that we operate within, we have a, what we call an exchange and those tend to be in the fall. And so what we'll do is we launch this, uh, we launch an annual corporate campaign called our marketing imperatives. 
And so those are the three imperatives that our marketers need to be thinking about for the year, right? And so that sets the tone for our messaging for the year as an organization. And then from there, that's, those three imperatives are what feed the content for the summit. And so coming out of the summit, we personalize that content even more by having these exchanges. And so because these exchanges are industry focused, we industryize, or I don't know what the right term is, but <laughs> we have, we put a specific lens on the content that we present at those exchanges. So for our financial services exchange, it's examples from within that industry. It's considerations specific to those brands that'll be in the room. So it just, gets even more granular as we go throughout the year. So is this what you would describe as people-based marketing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the first step. People-based marketing in its truest form is marketing to the individual. And so there are certain groups within our audience that we will do that for. And we'll do that for like the C-suite as an example. Um, And Zoe, I don't know if you want to talk about that CMO experience that we provide at the summit, um, but... The way that Merkel defines people-based marketing is really to the individual, but it's the first step for sure. Yeah, we'd love to hear more about what you what you define people-based marketing as and how you've used that to help really create that individualized approach to the conversation. Yeah, Zoe, why don't you give the example of the CMO experience at the summit? I think that's a really good example of how we define people-based marketing. Yeah, so we have, um, so as we're creating, um, the, the invite list for the summit, obviously we have the, the, like Jackie says, we target different industries or different verticals. So we have that outreach. But then we also, um, work with a lot of C-suite individuals, um, throughout different organizations. So we, um, we have, um, you know, a personalized invite that we send to them. So whereas, um, you know, nowadays a lot of people, you know, get so many emails and it might, um, be lost in that. We actually, created um last year we created an actual hard copy invite and so it was like an exclusive invitation to our event we mailed it to them we oh my gosh wow. <laughs> old school yes when they opened it <laughs> because also um then they could receive they obviously could let the client partner who has the relationship with them know that they would like to come um and they had a specific um event link that they could just you know log into and register and we would then know because we track it that that came from our our c-suite outreach we have you know a, a, a dinner that we host them for on the first night um that's um that's hosted by our um president of our america's organization and our ceo um, and that that's where all the the C-suite uh, level attendees are invited to, so they can they can network and you, you know meet uh, new people within um, the different organisations that are in attendance. We and also because we could track who was coming from um, this unique outreach, that way they got different um, they could get different emails that were tailored to their level because obviously their C-suite level. So we wanted to make sure that they were being introduced to the thought leaders they wanted to meet with, that they um, were able to spend time with our executive leadership as well, and then meet any other, have introductions um, made um, to other organizations as well. 
And I want to, you know, hit on the direct mail piece because, you know, we all got a good giggle about that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I think personal. this really resonates with our audience because a lot of times we are trying to talk to the C-suite, but you can't just send the same email that you would send everybody else. They're getting millions of emails a day. You really have to find creative approaches to get their attention. And so it sounds like for you, the direct mail piece and the really personalized experience works. And I love that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that we've nailed p- the true people-based marketing at scale for our events, but there are certain buckets that we really mm-hmm. focus on. I love this people-based strategy you guys are working with here, but I guess my question here, it's my first time really hearing about it, so how do you guys even measure success in a people-based strategy? Hard <laughs> That's question, That's a good I know. story, <laughs> yeah. because a few years ago, we didn't. Um, and so like, I think a lot of people, um, which we've learned over the last few years and just in kind of being out in the industry that not a lot of people can measure success, but we put a real focus on it probably been four or five years ago now. And we, so for us, it's all about our tech stack. So we use Cvent as our event management software. Cvent integrates with Salesforce as our CRM. Salesforce integrates with Pardot as our marketing automation tool and putting a lot of rigor behind making sure that the data flows seamlessly between those platforms, that the sales organization is being held accountable to making sure that opportunities that are coming out of events are flagged within Salesforce as assigned to that event. I'm going to try not to go too far into the weeds here has really helped us to give that closed loop reporting. So we're able to say as an organization, we drove, you know, marketing drove XYZ new to database leads, XYZ number of opportunities to the tune of this many millions of dollars. And of those events drove, and traditionally it's like 30 to 55%, depending on which metric you're looking at. But it takes a really strong marketing ops person who knows your marketing tech stack. It takes someone on the events team who loves data. It takes leadership who believe that it's important to invest in and spend the time in. And it takes, I mean, just time. It took, it probably took a year to get everything flowing. And then you got to let it run for a year so that you see how it works and make changes. And then you have your first year of good reporting and then your second year to measure yourself against the first year. So it just takes a long time, but it's worth it in the end, for yeah. sure. Definitely worth it because being able to um, being able to have those platforms talk to each other and for us to be able to get that closed loop reporting means that we can delve into that data knowing that it's good data. So then going forward, we can look at um, how to personalize communications and content and invites um, around all of our um, events. That's true. That's what allows us to do the personalization. You're right. I didn't even mention that. Yeah. And I feel like so much of what we do is kind of trial and error sometimes too. So that's when the reporting really becomes important. What's working? What's not? What should we double down on next year? How can we get more personalized? It's it's a it's a journey. Constant analyzing. Because <laughs> until you have that, what are you measuring against, right? A survey that says, did you like this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That they that they complete three days after the event, right? Like <laughs> exactly. we really have to get into their minds through data <laughs> instead of yeah. asking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. 
And also being able to see um, our, the engagement and how people are interacting with us and how registrations are going, because we have this, uh, the platforms that talk to each other and this ability to, um, you know, pull reports at any time and show how we're doing, we're able to then tweak things. So if we can see something is definitely not working, it's like, okay, why is this not working? And let's let's stop doing that and change it to be this. Um, and then if something is really wor working, it's like, okay, let's try this on future events as well and see if it's just this, you know, one anomaly for this particular event or if this works across the board. So being able to have that closed loop reporting, to be able to have platforms talking to each other, to be able to have all this data that we can, um, you know, segment um, as well, enables us to um, be able to make events going forward even more successful. God, I love that. In fact, that's like one of my favorite parts about working at Cvent in the events industry is like analyzing what worked, running a report. I love reports. I mean, I'm such a nerd with Got reports. A data nerd yeah, I love data. I, I love I'm working the with it. Data nerd too. <laughs> yeah. I love just seeing like what worked, what didn't work, and then you got another shot next year and try it out until you get it perfect. That's my favorite part. Brooke and I love working in the events industry. I mean, what are some of the other things though that inspire you to work in the events industry? Well, I would I would say you keep changing it, but I don't think we ever reach perfection. So for me and Zoe, jump in if you agree. It's just the constant innovation that things are always changing. There's always something you can do better. And when you did it better, then it's something you should be doing just totally different because the technology has changed. So just the constant change is something that really drives me. And face-to-face, -face, I, I really love getting out into going to our events talking through our customers, seeing our team. I mean, I love working at Merkle, so just seeing my coworkers is always wonderful too. But having that face-to-face -face interaction and seeing how much our audience and our attendees love what we're doing is always really rewarding as well. Would, you, would it be fair to say that as an event marketer, two days are rarely ever the same? Oh, yeah. No, never. <laughs> two day, the same event year to year is never the same. Exactly, Even if you right? have it in the same city in the same hotel, it's still different. Yep, it's constantly it's changing. I love that, Conversation though. changes, yeah. So, I mean, you two are badass women in the events industry. I mean, really, you know, your inspiration for me as well. I have to imagine that you've put some thought into the perception of women in the events industry. What do you guys think needs to change? I'd level that up and just say into the marketing industry. I think it's just just women in business. The fact that women are, are strong, are forces, you know, of change, are, um, should be taken seriously, are all things that I think can always be worked on. I, maybe this isn't the forum, but I often tell people that I don't really identify as a woman in business, rather a person in business. And this is very like, we all need to think of it more that way. And that's where we're going to make change. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, I don't really have much perspective on that, but I'm going to try to empathize. But I just wanted to like say thank you guys so much. And I, I just wanted to ask, um, you know, if you had to tell event planners one thing, you know, to either do or be thinking about when it comes to improving their next event, what would that one thing be? I love that question. Because it's like the hardest question ever. I know. It's like, now you're on. I actually pose this question to myself every time I start the planning process for an event that's a repeat event every year. So I'll use our exchange as an example. And every time I start planning for one of the exchanges that I'm responsible for, it's 
what is the one new thing that we're going to do this year that's going to surprise and delight our attendees or going to really help us to nail this from the perspective of our leadership team? Just what is that one big win? Always be thinking about what's your one big win, your one big change that you can do. Or maybe it's a small change. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jackie. Now, is there anything that you would like to promote or share with our listeners? Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So I've already mentioned our, our marketing imperatives, which you can find on Merkelink.com. So I'd urge our listeners, your listeners, to our listeners, like I'm now part of your team, <laughs> oh, your yeah, listeners, more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, to go to Merkelink.com, check out the imperatives. You can click on the events page and see everything that Zoe and I have been talking about. Thanks so much for the time. It's been it's been my pleasure and and thank you for giving us this platform. Absolutely. It's been a fantastic conversation. I could probably talk to you guys all day um, about some of this stuff. And for our listeners, the links to those resources will include in the podcast description so that you can check them out. And thank you so much, you both. Thank you. What an incredible conversation with Zoe and Jackie. I'm just amazed by their unique philosophy for marketing these really large-scale events while also making them feel small and intimate with personalization. Uh, seriously, no kidding. I personally just really want to get into one of these events and experience it for myself. Same. <laughs> so well, thank you all for joining us this week on How Great Events Happen. To get more episodes and exclusive content, head on over to cevent.com slash podcast. And as always, Cody and I would love to connect, so you can find us at podcast at cevent.com. And we'll see you next week for another great episode. Bye. Bye.